Welcome to Chuck and Anthony Continental, the premier prestige format limited edition podcast all about the straight up wildest movie in the Keanu Reeves canon. Toy Story John, 4. Oh, John, John, John Wick. John Wick. John, John Wick. Wick. John Wick. Yeah. I'm Anthony Carboni sitting across the internet from New York Times bestselling author and uh, noted dog lover, Chuck Wendig. Hello, Chuck. Hello, Anthony. I do love dogs. It's true. Uh, we're back, baby. We're back. We're back. People were like, what are you going to do after Ragnarok? Don't go away. And, you know. The one guy who said that, we agree with you. Yeah, the one guy who said that. We're savvy businessmen. We don't throw away the uh, the money, the fame, the prestige that comes along with having a niche format podcast about a very specific film. No, we roll in it, baby. Yeah. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to leave. I'm going to take the food off my table, leave my leave my children hungry. No, you can't do that. That's sad. I can't do that. No. Plus, I've gotten used to the I've gotten used to the fame. I've gotten used to the taste. I know you get that. Taste you know what I mean? It's like, it's like a sweet, some sweet apple. It's sweet. sweet apple I taste. mean, listen, man, podcasting. That's the other thing is podcasting is a hard game to get into. They it don't is. just let anybody do it. No, like we had to pass some tests some bars. Yeah. And it's like, what am I going to throw that away now that we're at the top of the the top of the heap here? Nope. Absolutely nope. not. No, you can't do that. So we, what we decided is uh, we are going to continue this podcast. Uh, this is obviously about John Wick. Um, it is going to be a little different than the Ragnarok podcast. We're not taking things in 10-minute chunks anymore. Five-minute chunks this time. Five-minute chunks. Five-minute chunks. We're going to go minute by minute. Yeah. Every minute. I, I can't make fun of that because there are so many podcasts that do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a dick thing to do because there are podcasts that literally take movies minute by minute. One and frame. long episodes. One yeah. frame at a time. That, that's where we're going, baby. That's where we're going. We're going down. We're going down. single frame. Yeah. Every frame of painting yeah. is where we're going. We're going to tweezer uh, this bad boy. <laughs> so we are, uh, we are doing John Wick. We're going to do it in three parts. And after that, we are going to uh, continue to cover things that we think have interesting stories, unique stories, stories that work and continue to pull them apart. It's not always going to be movies. Uh, it could be a book. It could be a comic book. It could be an episode of a TV show. Uh, but from here on out, we're just going to be inviting on people we love yeah. to talk about stories we love. And uh, the first person we have invited on that we absolutely love Drum roll, please. is the architect behind the incredible Film Joy YouTube channel, which has, which has a lot of wonderful series on it, including Movies with Mikey. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of which is about John Wick. Mikey Newman, hello, sir. Hello. I Yay. have arrived. Hi, Mikey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It was fun to watch John Wick again. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. It really was. It's not one that I watch all the time. I hadn't watched it in a, in a couple of years, I think. It's yeah, like, it was good to go back. It's diehard for me. It's like once a year I watch that, probably. I think is John Wick a Christmas movie? It is. There you go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Everything's a Christmas movie. Everything's a Christmas movie. Everything Everything's is. a Christmas movie. Yeah, there's a lot of red and green. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, there is a lot of red sure. and green. Yeah, definitely that's... red. Definitely red. Definitely red. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely aqua. Yeah. There's green. There's definitely, but, yeah, it's uh, close. Uh, one of the things that I... I particularly love about this movie before we dive into the bit by bit of it is this is a movie by all uh, by all accounts I should not be into and I should not care about yeah right um, this is a formula that we've seen a hundred thousand times um, it's a particularly type of movie that I don't get super into anymore I don't get into gunman gets gun revenge as much as you know maybe I used to as a kid sure. but um this movie is just so unique in a thousand ways that it does it, um, that it becomes incredibly interesting to me. Yeah, it kind of sure. breaks it. 
doesn't it? It kind of breaks what you expect for this sort of movie. It's it's not just a revenge tale. Like the thing that like I it still shocks me about John Wick, literally watching it last night, it's still effective because it's you know, he loses someone close to him. And then a worse thing happens. And like <laughs> right. you're yeah. reacting yeah. to the first thing when the second thing happens. And then the only way for us to gain catharsis, because I think that's what this movie is. Like this movie is hitting a wall. You just it mm-hmm. makes you like, well, the only way to rectify all of this is to kill all of them. Yeah. And like you're on board. It's so effective. Yeah. And and it's it's it makes the decision and it puts us, it makes the motivation of that. Um, a, a motivation that like we can get behind even after having seen a thousand movies in this genre. Um, uh, and yeah. we'll we'll talk about like the little twist that it does here as we dive into it. Let's just let's just jump right in. Do it. Uh, we'll kind of go scene by scene here. Um, the slow crash cold open is absolutely wonderful to me. The just like yeah, the idling car that's just like thunk. Yeah. Yep. It's basically like somebody's mom in a mall parking lot. <laughs> Hitting a pylon. In yeah, a except shopping cart. like except like a bloody Keanu Reeves rolls out. Yeah. <laughs> which to me is like so much more effective than, you know, the crash bang big action movie opening that's supposed to grab your attention. Cause I'm just like, this is it. This yeah. is how it opens. It's pathetic. First- yeah, it's pathetic for him to just yeah. be like, I'm here now at this party. And the first 15 minutes of this movie really is is like incredibly slow and not much of an indication of what this movie is going to become at all. And it's still incredibly engaging. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I love that John, the one thing that I noticed here is as he's looking at his video of of his wife, um, John Wick shoots phone videos like a dad. Yeah, like a dad. (laughs) Like he's constantly rotating the phone around like it doesn't matter which way the video faces. Yeah, Yeah, you can't get that on a computer. You'll screw that up, John Wick. No, dad, you either keep it vertical or keep it horizontal, dad. (laughs) Can you even imagine if John Wick had a kid? Like, there'd be adjustment issues, I feel like there. We'll get there eventually, I think, if they keep making making sequels. Just bring Shia LaBeouf back. Let's do it. Let's hey, I am I am in for that. Muttwick. I am in for that. Muttwick. Um no, you know what what's really fascinating about just the start of this movie and the not just the scene, but the way we sort of build to who John is, is up until now there is the vague sense that John Wick is actually not a character. He's almost a character in search of a play in like an Arthur Pirandello sort of way. Like he's not a guy who has much of a history except that he's the fucking Terminator. He's right, yeah. Michael Myers, or he, you know, he wore a hockey a, mask and just kills people. He's a demon, yeah. He's a but, demon. Yeah. He has no humanity. He's not a person. And then suddenly, he is brought to the world of the, the mortals. He's he's made human uh, out of being a demon. And this is his like, this is the glimpse of his character forming for us. Like he's not, he was nobody before, and now he's this somebody. Yeah, we're gonna see um, even here in in this sort of first thirty minute chunk a lot of. Um, a lot of demon, a lot of demon god titan symbolism. Mikey, you went into it a yeah. lot in your in your thing uh, about like every character in this movie being one of the pantheon of the gods. You know, can we just play his his video for the whole podcast? Can we just do yeah, that? we're just gonna do just an audio version up. of Mikey's thing yeah. and uh, take another three weeks off if yeah. that's cool with yeah. everyone. <laughs> um, so John Wick's home, I love because it looks so crate and barrel. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. John Wick's home is yeah. just like it's minimal. One. Yeah. It's it's not just minimal. It's minimal in a very like this is a furniture catalog that I got at home sort of way. Yeah. He is a dude who just decided to go so normal when he went normal that it looks like when Ikea shows you this is how you could do a kitchen if you wanted to. <laughs> yes. This it, is how you could do a living room if you wanted to. Everything is really nice. You can tell he has money. Yeah. But it's like the most basic, the most basic Ugg boot house Did you he, could have. Do you think he used like the gold coins to pay some like assassin furnishing service? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some world building we need. I always, <laughs> I always took the implication that like it was a house he built with his wife and it was minimal and that was the life they wanted. And then once, you know, once life moves on, then he's just sort of stuck with this house. Cause like his stuff is buried under like four feet of concrete <laughs> in a secret room in the basement. That's where John lives. Yeah. That's John's lives there. That's he came, he came from hell. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like it's what one we of do those, in the shadows. Just. <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those houses, one of those apartments. Um, we've all probably had a friend where it's like this, where, where, uh, a breakup happens, the end of a relationship happens, and you can tell that a friend was so subsumed in the relationship um, that when the other half of the uh, when the other half of the people leaves the house, the house doesn't feel like the half that's left. You know, like John was so into being John the husband right. and John the normal guy and stuff that it's like this is the house that we have. This yeah. is what she wanted. I'm into this. I don't know what normal is. Let's do it. This is the house that normal is. What's fascinating um, there is we don't know, and I don't think the movie does much to answer this, and I think that's okay. We don't really know who John is. Like, I mean, is John is this artifice for him? Was this kind of um, a vacation? Did he well, really this is mean like, it? This is the fourth movie in the series. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, exactly. That's what's kind of particularly brilliant about this, is this is the fourth movie in the John Wick series. Everybody knows John Wick. Everybody has heard the stories of John Wick. There's this world that already exists. Um, there, there's these implications of things that we have seen John Wick do, and we know that John Wick can do, but like we don't actually know any of that. Yeah. Do either um, do the characters in the film, though? Because when they start talking, like we. When all this goes down, you know, like first it's he's the boogeyman, then it's no, this is the guy you use to kill the boogeyman. But yeah. then it actually does settle into no, nah, he's just the boogie. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't do what you did, dude. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, one thing that I want to pay particular attention to as we're seeing this this opening scene where we are uh, we are seeing like two mugs still set out for coffee, double sinks. Yeah, there are a lot of like heavy handed ways that movies do this, um, and this for being a pretty on the nose heavy handed movie a lot of the time is not about this. It, it's delicate enough about this that I think it, it's done pretty well. Well, it's pretty um, merciless in, uh, <laughs> both in terms of every bullet he fires and every execution he commits. Also, it's very merciless in giving that narrative world-building information. It isn't, it doesn't linger for very long. There's a few parts where it does, uh, but generally it's quick. Like it's this happened, this happened, and now we're moving the fuck on. Yeah, and I want to point out um, as we're kind of seeing the house and everything, there are, there are three colors to kind of look out for in John Wick. It's this blue-green, it's gold, and it's red. Mm -hmm. And uh, blue is kind of anything that's John's territory. Anywhere where Sadness. John is safe. 
He yeah. owns sadness. Yeah, he he owns sadness yeah. and cold. <laughs> if there's anything sad or cold, you know that John is, but that's the other thing is you know that it's safe. John is safe when things are sad and cold. Um, there's well, it's also- the boogeyman. It's the boogeyman, yeah. He's cold miser. Um, it's, uh, gold is basically, is, is love and relationships and humanity. Um, we see a lot of gold in these early flashbacks with the, with the white. I mean, it's almost like it's, if, if it wasn't used to such good effect and the color palette wasn't so limited throughout the film, it would be almost like student film annoying how much <laughs> the color changes from scene to scene, you know? Um, it would get almost like, yeah, 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 we get it. It's the past now. Um, <laughs> Come on. But it's done very, very well. Um, is there gold even, too later in the um, the Continental? Is that kind of a there is there is some gold in the Continental that suggests kind of like it's still a, a respite a place yeah of respite. there is there is some gold in the Continental um, and we'll talk a little bit more about it but particularly what's interesting is Ian McShane's booth is in equal measures red blue and gold uh. um, which I really love uh, but yeah so uh, the house is blue flashbacks are gold here. Um, and the flashbacks almost get heavy handed. The first time you're watching the movie, you're almost like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. But this is where they're telling us the twist. The thing that's interesting, the thing that actually makes you root for John Wick in this movie. And the thing that subverts this genre is the bad guys didn't kill his wife. No, thank God. They didn't do that. I don't think this movie would, it doesn't work at all if that had happened. No. Like, no. no one would even know. He wouldn't be in Fortnite, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we wouldn't have all that good Payday 2 DLC that we got. No. Um, <laughs> oh. No. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so this is like, but in most of the movies of this genre, this is the thing. They kill the wife. They kill yeah. the girlfriend. Fridger. That's the 80s, 90s action cliche. Yeah. yeah. And even up until today, they're not afraid to use that cliche. That's Sadly. It's, and that's why we don't feel anything for this genre anymore is because wife doesn't get to be wife in that instance. Wife is just like catalyst for revenge. Yeah. So yeah. how can we possibly care about the revenge when this person was never a person? Uh, he, he has to be in equal parts mad at God and mad at all crime. Mm -hmm. And you're like, <laughs> and well, himself. if God's yeah. against me and crime's against me and I'm against me, <laughs> Oh, I don't want to be all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, we head to her funeral. Yeah. By, by the way, though, I, there's oh, yeah. um, a weird bit in the script. I, I don't know if you guys read the script. I know. I think Mike, you referred to it a little bit. Um, he's an older John. I try Ray. not he's to do any preparation for yeah, this. No, <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely that. supposed to be old. Yeah. He's old, dude. He, yeah. But there's a, and his wife is older and she's dying uh, from a surgery of some illness but it's interesting because he says to her the line that he says to Vigo at the end, which is be seeing you. Oh. And it's, it's one of the things like I, I love the changes to the actual film as opposed to the script, but that's one of the ones I wish we had hooked into because it's like redemptive at the moment. And then at the end, it's, it's like he's gone back into the underworld by the end. So when he says, is it there to Vigo, a name for that thing where the line in act one gets nope. repeated in act three? No. Chekhov's no. line. Chekhov's no. line. <laughs> Chekhov's one-liner is what they call everything. it. <laughs> that, but that's, that's, I think, important to John as a person. Like, he don't do one-liners. There's no dodge this. There's no, no welcome to no. the party, pal. It's no. like, 
you are just killed. Yep. You would almost think and this was like a. Care. You would almost think this was like a Kurt Russell soldier deal where he got paid by the line. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Some like Dickensian movie deal where it's like every time he opened his mouth, he got a million dollars. Because he talks so little in this film. Because there's no bullshit posturing. No. That's that's like the that's like the the thesis statement to me of this movie is like, for as much as it's about gun ballet and all of this like stylistic stuff. This is an action movie without bullshit action movie posturing. No, they fucking count the it. bullets. They count the bullets. Nobody counts bullets. That is Die such Hard a- did. Die, Die Hard, Hard did. did. But Die, Die Hard's like Hard one of the did. last that really cares about that sort of thing. I mean, Agreed. and there is a, a, a some some nice little sort of kinship between Die Hard and this in terms of the way that they approach character and action beats. And yeah. it's not really about the action so much as it's about a whole other thing. Thing going well, it's on. the beginning. It's the beginning and the end. Well, not the not the end because it's still going, but it is sort of the beginning and the end of the everyman action hero, right? Yeah. The the action hero that has, even though John Wick is not an everyman, it's an action hero with understandable motivations and realistic limitations. If John Wick got shot in this movie in the gut like he does, he's incapacitated. He's yeah. not John McClane who can get shot five times by Die Hard Three and is like running through a tunnel and like. Using a <laughs> using a car as like a as like yeah. a cruise missile against a jet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, that was actually one of the the things that because like when Chuck was talking about counting bullets, I was like, my kindred spirit, my <laughs> like my brother, because uh, I am known to rant about like bullet uh, logic in movies, and like Die Hard is a gold standard. I mean, yeah. they count it down to the two bullets at the end. And then you get to Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yep, and then it's over. Which is the same director yeah. uh, who later went to jail for a while for tax stuff. It's Oops, a whole fine. thing. Oops, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. But like, Listen, of all the things people go to jail for in Hollywood, try to go to jail yeah, for tax stuff. You know what? <laughs> Pull a McTiernan and do yeah. that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> by Die Hard 3, there's a scene where the security guard in the tunnel fires the shotgun at the bad guys like 26 times. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, like, well, bullet logic is out. It's over. Sorry, action. Yeah, it's good. We had a good run for a little while. John Wick um, brought it back. John Wick brought it back, baby. And John I do Wick. want to bring up, uh, as as you were saying, he was originally written to be an older guy. Yeah. Um, he was originally written to be like, as 60s. as old as the mob bosses and the Continental Hotel hoteliers that are in this film. Yeah, he's in his 60s. Yeah. And I, it was supposed to be, he, he got out, he retired, it was over. Um, a, but they a, they love. Sorry, Mikey. Go ahead. So I know. I just like because I was thinking about this specifically last night uh, when they hired Keanu. He was like 50, 50 years old, mm -hmm. and John Wick. Like by the time that came out, he was fifty two. By the time the sequel was like fifty four, fifty five. I think they expected Keanu to age more. And well, they he, haven't been paying attention for no. the last thirty years. Then he's <laughs> magical. He's still like. Fine, like yeah. he looks great. Yeah. He's carved so out he, of stone. Uh, did you see that Destination Wedding? <laughs> they, no. Destination Wedding on Netflix. It's him and Winona Ryder, and they like they clearly their instructions were let us look like people, let us look like who we are. Uh, yeah. It's very like minimal makeup in that film because they're supposed to be kind of older, more sort of like neurotic people who have like chosen for whatever reason to be single, uh, and. Um, not that choosing to be single is neurotic, but in that movie, they are supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, 
they just, they, even without makeup on, you're just like, yeah, you're beautiful. You're both yeah. the most beautiful people. Aren't the they like married or something? Like, haven't they like you flirted know, with that idea in public? You know, that's a PR thing that they've that like, a PR thing? they built up the, in the, in the country where they filmed the movie, like any wedding ceremony that's done is binding, I guess is the deal. And so because there is a wet, they get married in the movie. Uh, they are married in real life or Winona Ryder. Because if there's like two people, that. I would believe that it just happened. I just want it to happen. Totally believe it there's, for them. Just like of all the 90s, of all the 90s asshole kids that grew up to be like decent human beings and super rich and wealthy and awesome in everything. Like, can't you know when you go back to your hometown and there were like the last two single people left, but they happened to be the cool ones <laughs> and they wound up together and you're just like, all right. Okay, good. I'm I'm good with this ending. This there is a is good justice. act three. <laughs> Welcome um, back to your premier destination wedding podcast. Yeah, I'm that's right. <laughs> this is a podcast about John Wick and only John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do like the idea of the, the director said, even though the character was originally written to be older, by bringing Keanu in, you bring in 30 years of Keanu, right? Yep, like right. the casting of this movie is very, very um, deliberate. In everybody. The, the people in the roles sort of inform their roles by the roles they played before. Like you hire Willem Dafoe because he looks like Willem Dafoe. Yeah. yeah. You don't trust Willem Dafoe no matter what. You can watch a romantic <laughs> nope. comedy from, with Willem Dafoe and you're like, is he going to eat his family? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch I mean, that, by the way. Can logical. we? That's right. Is that. he just going to fucking eat his family right now? Yeah. I know it's just about dads like hanging out at summer camp with their kids. He does he's look like the, he's the devil. He does. Devil. He might actually be the devil. And you can you can just never tell. Uh we see Willem Dafoe here in this is uh this is the funeral scene which happens very early. We we find out that the wife the wife flashbacks are not from years and years ago. They're literally from like 2 days ago. Right. Which I, you know, we need to figure out how did he meet her? Like how does John Wick the Terminator meet this woman who clearly has family and friends and they know John like they like touch him as they leave. They like hand on shoulder like sorry for your loss. Yeah. And they're at his house afterward. Yeah, like, but, but he's not speaking to anyone, which I love. He's like a ghost. He's barely there, but he's connected in some way. I just, that's a rom com I wouldn't like to see. Like, yeah. Out of that well, that's, wacky. That's, that's meet the cute. The John Wick meet cute. Bring it on. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the beauty of this being the imaginary, like, fourth entry in a series, right? Yeah. Is we don't have to worry about, <laughs> we don't have to worry. Listen, man. One of the weirdest things in Mission Impossible is when they tried to give Ethan Hunt a girlfriend across multiple films. You know what I mean? Uh, that was his wife, and it that was started his wife. in Mission Impossible 3, and it was paid off in 4, 5, and 6. And 6. Just saying. I um, I see Mission Impossible movies, and I enjoy them, and then they disappear from my mind. They're just gone. <laughs> That's kind of their intention. Yeah, yeah it's, it's they're just kind of gone. Cotton candy on the tongue. Yeah, so, I, cer- I, I but, love set, I love the set pieces and I love the films. And then I wake up the next day and I'm like, I should go see Mission Impossible. Oh wait, I did. <laughs> Actual John Wick point. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife, who in flashbacks is not played by Michelle Moynihan, though her voice is John Wick, and Ethan Hunt have the same wife. Whoa! What? She was the double agent all along. What? She was the one. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like if John Wick's wife pulled at her neck a little bit, it would all just like pop out oh and it would be Michelle Moynihan. <laughs> or Ethan Hunt. It would be Ethan Hunt. Maybe oh my he's been God. married to Ethan Hunt this whole time. Ethan Hunt and John Wick were married this whole time. That's God, my damn. head cannon. That's don't, it. Don't take this from me. Um, so here uh, we do meet Willem Dafoe and uh, we do st- sort of get 
through the prototypical guy standing off at the distance in all black at a funeral, we get the idea that John Wick is more than just dude who hangs out in his lonely little house. Um, no, he watches movies on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he shoots himself. Like a he's human. doing a really good job. He can't believe the quality on this phone, kids. It's getting good footage. <laughs> I'll tell you what, kids. When I was when I was your age, you couldn't do this with a phone. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, at the wake, the colors are warm. Uh, there are lots of people. None of them are talking to John. And then the delivery comes up. Uh, mm. and it's, it's all gold. And uh, posthumous dog delivery from my wife. You guys. That's a would hook. F- would fuck up my world. Would fuck up everybody's world. Uh, that would fuck up my world yeah. so hard. Even the I, robot demon Terminator John Wick, it fucks up his world. <laughs> I adore everything about that scene because it immediately endears us to John without trying. Because he hasn't like endeared us at all. He's no. made every effort to not get us to care about him. And the second that dog shows up, you're like, okay, yeah, oh, I'm here. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is not the movie I thought it was. And I'm sure everything is going to be fine. You see the dog yeah. and you're sure it's fine yeah. now. Roll no, the credits. Roll the good. credits. It's good. It's redemption. Well, that's, that's because I had like heard It's sort stuff. of Marley and me with a hitman. I was going <laughs> to say like, it's a first act Marley and me. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is like such a. Yeah. It's also up. The it's similarities really up. between the first 15 minutes of up and John Wick. Cannot yeah, I, be underestimated. Up just needs a dog dying. It needs, you know, it needs Doug. <laughs> Doug getting killed by the bird or by I, the old hunter. I think you could watch the first 15 minutes of Up and then transition directly to the, the beginning of the second act of John Wick, and it would just work. Yeah, same <laughs> film. Same film. Yeah. Um, this the is the emotions mo- are the same. The emotions are the same, yeah. Color palette's even a little there. Uh, this is the most mathematic. Daisy is the most math- mathematically movie cute dog I think there's ever been. They it picked is. the perfect dog to be Daisy. Um, that's why in my episode, I had to like do a whole thing about Daisy, the actual dog going to the premiere, being totally fine. Totally fine. Played with the dog between like everyone needs to know it's actually okay. It's make believe, but this is an important emotion. The dog is fine. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing is, um, there's, there's a, it was so brilliant to use dog instead of wife slash family member slash significant other. Uh, for a lot of reasons, and we're we're gonna get we're gonna get to dead dog, unfortunately, in in just a moment. Sorry. But I do love assassin trying to figure out puppy. Yeah, is good. Like pouring <laughs> it a matching bowl of cereal. Of cereal, I know that dog's gonna be gassy later. Just don't <laughs> feed that dog cereal and milk. What are you doing, John? Uh, and I want to say, like uh, music having been used almost non-existently to minimally at this point, when Daisy comes into the film. Uh, there is a very nice, minimal, ambient sort of Eno-esque score that is not sad, uh, but it comes in and it, is, and it does become omnipresent starting here. Yeah. Like there is no music in John Wick's life until now, yeah. which I think is really lovely. Um, uh, random point of trivia in the script, the dog is a chorgi, which is a chihuahua corgi, and its name is Moose, though it still has the daisy collar. Okay. Wow. Moose, right. the, Moose the chorgi. That's <laughs> alternate yeah, timeline. That's, John that's Wick. multiple levels that didn't need to be there. No, that's good. No, with, uh, no much better with Daisy. Tag is Daisy. Dog yeah. is Daisy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Streamline that to... narrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things uh, here is we, we get into, we get into the car. Daisy gets into the car with John and we go to the gas station. Um, and I want to talk about a little bit about uh, cars in John Wick. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, cars in John Wick are basically um, representative of like destiny, freedom, going your own way, living your own life. It is very, very interesting. And we're going to see it in the next couple scenes, but uh, particularly here at the gas station, this whole thing is very, very blue. Um, very, very blue-green. And it looks like a similar look is used in Ozark. Oh, yeah. Ozark. <laughs> to, very, to very great effect. And it's basically like tungsten white balancing your camera in daylight. Uh, in Ozark, they use one white balance for, across the entire thing, every scene. So wow. if, they're in a, if they're in a basement lit by a light bulb, it ha- the camera has the same white balance as when they're outdoors in the bright sun. Uh, and what that does is, I think over the course of an entire season makes Ozark look annoying, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but used here, it's like, we all know, even if, we, even if we're not camera people, we all know what it looks like when your camera screws up and it's not white balanced. It looks yeah. off. This yeah. whole scene looks off. Um, Appropriately, yeah. Appropriately, yeah. Uh, and so here we have a wild, a wild Greyjoy appears. Oh, a, a young Allen. Alfie Allen. And, Alfie um, Allen. You want to talk about this perfect casting again? Literally the only thing we knew Alfie Allen for at this point was Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. And, and at being, this point- And being Lily Allen. And being Lily Allen's, being brother, Lily Allen's yeah. brother. Having but, a song, a song about him, Alfie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- he wasn't even like redemptive Theon Greyjoy yet. We still hated Theon Greyjoy at this point. Yeah. I um, love that this man is composed of mostly vowels. Like Eosef. Eosef Theon is a name. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Shakespearean. But it like it 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 lends into the whole mythology thing. Like everybody's got a big name. Yeah. Yeah. Except for John Wick, most normal. John Wick. And what a weird title. Can we talk about that? Like John Wick is such a a um, merciless title. Did you? Like, see John Wick is not a nice title. No. Did you see it originally on like DVD, or did you see it in the theater? Like, theater. did the title get you into the theater? No. Uh, <laughs> ten, no. No. I, no, I didn't because I looked at I looked at the trailer and I was like, mm. like I said, I was like, I don't need to see Gunman Action Revenge in the theater. Right. I'll wait for this to come out at home. And then when I saw it at home, I was like, Oh, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I think it, for me it was all word of mouth stuff. Yeah, same, I was like John, same. John Wick, John Wick. Really, that's what we're really? going with. That's oh. it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And you're and you're like, oh, Keanu Reeves is going to redefine action cinema like he already hadn't done that once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like we were all wrong. I'm just we desen- I'm so desensitized wrong. to Keanu Reeves redefining action cinema. Yeah. It's happened too often. A little bit. I'm over A little it. Bit. Um, so. This, in terms of like cars being destiny, this dude, Yosef, who is literally driven around by, uh, driven around in the backseat of his father's cars, all movie, comes up to a man. We don't know much about John yet, but we do know that this is a very unique car uh, and comes up to him and just immediately tries to take his car. This is like the most dick asshole thing yeah he's such a dick we hate this guy immediately dude who comes up to you to buy your car immediately nice car how much is an asshole your sweet unbelievably well restored very clearly loved car yeah but i love that this is you know for car as destiny and car as fate here's this young kid who's never done anything who knows everything about john wick's car yeah, and it's like, right. but I know this car. I know what this car is. So I, want I know it. I should have this car. This car should be mine. Why can't I have it now? 
Right. Is, is Alfie Allen's uh, career just going to be this now? Because like it's after these two roles, he's hard to see him as anything other than like sort of a weird worm weasel <laughs> hybrid creature. Weird worm man is weird just worm his, man. That's his ballywick, I think. Yeah. Now he's in trouble with that. Um, the surprise of John speaking Russian is a very good turnaround here because it's like, hey, I've worked, I've worked for this in ways that you don't even know. And it's a nice warning that the kid doesn't pick up. Yeah. It's like, hey, why does this random dude in the middle of nowhere, suburbia, whatever. Yeah. This is an aposomatic John showing some colors and someone ignoring them entirely. To I want to still eat that poisonous butterfly. Yeah. You have been warned. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out uh, Toby Leonard Moore is in this movie. And I love Toby Leonard Moore. He was, he's in, uh, he's Daredevil. Billions. Uh, Billions. This dude is good. He's a great character actor. I love me some Toby Leonard Moore. Um, Let's start a fan club. That's our next podcast. I would love Toby to. Let's do it. Uh, and then we and immediately- That'll be very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I All we make here are super popular podcasts, Mike. the most. That's all I've heard. We've got to- I heard you were the John Wick of podcasts. You're coming for every topic. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're doing a Riverdale podcast? That- I was ashamed to hear that. We're going to eat your lunch, buddy. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Done. I Sorry. drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that John, once again, gets he gets a nod immediately onto the old airfield. Yeah. Um, we are seeing the history of this character again. Everybody knows who John Wick is. Uh, it's immediately gold again. Um, yeah. And you want to talk about car as destiny. Who is more in control of this very unique car at any moment than John Wick is right now? Uh, let's, let's talk about this scene, though, because... Is he, as some have interpreted, trying to kill himself or theoretically maybe going to kill himself in this yes, scene? Yes, that, that was sort I of my that read. was an obvious reason. I think now, so, but- Now I, I'm confused. Yeah, I, I've See, also heard that he's not, that he's just demonstrating rage and control. I think uh, this, yeah, this read to me as this is the sort of thing that that John probably has enjoyed, especially because of the, like, it, because of all the golds in it. Like, this is something that John probably- used to do for fun and used to do to like blow off steam and yeah. he can't anymore. Like he can't feel okay anymore doing this. And yeah, so now he's trying to get this rage out and I don't think he is ever going to kill himself. I don't think he's that sort of person and I don't think that enters into his head. Uh, but he does think about losing control for a moment. Yeah. See, cause the script, I, the script has him <clears throat> before the dog arrives, the script has him with pills out and he's maybe going to take the, Oh, the big dirt nap. Yeah. And then I'm the dog shows up and he's alive again. He's restored. Yeah, so glad they got this comes at an odd time because he's got the dog and he's theoretically got the hope. Yeah. But then it does seem like he's maybe at the last minute pulls a punch and then goes back to the dog. I don't think you can do much reading into John Wick without seeing his fatalism, though, too. Like, he's he's going to do whatever he is gonna do until he dies yeah. essentially because yeah. like he's just moving forward he's creating more danger for himself consistently forever yeah. he's a shark swimming yeah but i don't think he's going yeah i don't think he's going to kill himself but i do think he will he will put himself in larger and larger situations and be like is somebody gonna kill me or not <laughs> like when <laughs> when does this happen because this is the d- only way i get to go out daring the universe yeah uh i do think there's a lot of that um so then we get uh, Daisy getting to sleep on the bed. Aw. He's finally letting love back yeah. into his heart. And what happens? It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. What happens? The she moment- She wakes him up too early. The you know, moment like- he lets it in, 
Uh, shit gets so brutal so fast here, you guys. Oh. Here's a movie that's done next to nothing for yeah. the first 12 minutes, really, in terms of like crazy action movie stuff. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Now it's getting weird. It's been like an ASMR video, and then suddenly it hits you with a bottle. <laughs> whispering and then what a metaphor (laughs) um so the dog death what a fucking thing what a fucking not just a dog but a puppy and not just a puppy but the puppy that your dead wife left you uh to keep you alive effectively like to keep you an anchor an anchor dog an anchor puppy and then someone comes and kills that anchor so there are there have been studies done about our reactions to uh, media of strangers getting hurt versus media of animals getting hurt. (laughs) We always respond more to the animal getting hurt. A person that we don't know uh, going through pain, particularly in a work of fiction, is too abstracted for us. Well, have you met people? Yeah. I mean, honestly, and have well, you met also, puppies? People are messy and complicated, right? Yeah. So like if if somebody, if a bad guy puppies gets punched- aren't. Yeah, if a bad guy <laughs> gets punched in a John Wick movie and a good guy gets punched in a John Wick movie, it's like, well, I don't know their lives up until now. Maybe <laughs> they both deserve to be punched. I don't know. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to put <laughs> Looking my head- the other way. I'm just going to put my headphones on and let these two guys fight it out in front of the Starbucks. I don't know what's happening. Wow. Um, you're, you're moral gray guy. Like, yeah. I don't know either of your struggles, <laughs> but, but I the- wanted to stop you and tell you. <laughs> but every- Why? <laughs> every single person in the study, when an animal was hurt, even if it was, even if they were told beforehand, the animal was not really hurt, this was faked. No, animal isn't emotionally intelligent enough to fake being hurt. If animal looks hurt, right. you hurt an animal. Um, right. So by doing this with a dog, uh, we're really all in in a way that honestly, killing one of John Wick's loved ones never could have done, especially what, after what? 50 years of this genre. What's really fucked up is like, this is like the dark side version of Save the Cat. Yeah. This yeah. is like, oh, he does a nice thing. He saves again. No, we're just going to fucking kill his beagle puppy. That's um, Speaking of Save the Cat, uh, if you are not Bail familiar the oh, yeah. with, the, uh, with the book, Save the Cat, all about oh. screenwriting formula, y'all clocked exactly when in the movie the dog dies, right? Mm-hmm. It's about 15 minutes on the dot. Yeah. Um, Here we are. So that is, that is screenplays, everybody. Yeah. That that's, is, <laughs> welcome to screenplays. That is your act one call to action uh, inciting incident, 15 minutes on the dot. They did it. John yeah, Wick. Ch- cha-ching. Um, so uh, after this happens, uh, oh, can I just talk? The trail afterwards uh, where the dog tried to get to John. Uh, Daisy tried to get to John. It was brilliant. He did. He got there. He it got, got to John. There. It was just Daisy like, John will save me. Damn it. Damn you, John Wick. No, no, it's a dog. I will save John. Oh. Yep. Is John okay? That's what that dog is. John okay. That's what that dog is doing. God damn it. He does kind of have a thing for dogs. It does. This does kind of make him a dog person. Yeah, Yeah. but can I, can I, and here's where we're not there and we're going to get there one day. I understand this, but I need to talk about it now that it's to me, the ultimate failing of the second film, which I like a lot. I like the second film a lot is it has None of this. It has no. It, it the, carries the, on. All yeah. of the stuff is just more baroque world building stuff. Whereas this is such a fundamentally human yeah. uh, reason for him to do what he does throughout this film, and it's kind of over by the end. Like they conclude it. There is a they tie it off, and we reach a point. 
Yeah, uh, and then part- this moment begins that, and then the end of the moment, uh, end of the film ends that, and then the second film is kind of like, well, don't you want to know more cool assassin stuff? Which I do. Yes, but it's not this. It's not the cigarette burn on your arm. Like, pay attention to me. No, part yeah. two is a real. It's a real part two. You know it's what I mean? It's a part two. It's, it's a part two in the in the grand tradition of like Back to the Future two. Yes. Um, Batman, Die Hard two. Yeah, yeah. RoboCop two. RoboCop like, two. It's like nah. It's just yeah. more. You remember that cool shit you liked? Here's some more cool shit that you liked. Here's yeah. knife fighting with common. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. I mean, yeah. cool. I'm into it. I'm into <laughs> it. I will, I'm, I'm there. This next scene, the meticulousness. You talk about this a bit, Mikey. Um, the meticulousness and the quickness with which John Wick goes through the business of moving on here, because he's out of humanity. All yep. like he, the remaining humanity was that dog. Yep, his opportunity to grieve, as he calls it later, which is like the most shattering statement any human in any movie has ever made. You robbed me of my opportunity to grieve. And it's so on the nose and it works. It is like, because, because all of that over the top Mount Olympus Titan stuff like works It lands. Like this guy is so sad about his dog. He's going to go kill gods because he's the boogeyman. So I'm going to, I'm going to posit an alternative mythology to look at. Uh, with this film, and that is the Orpheus descent to the underworld. Yep, sure. The idea that there's a woman you love and she is taken from you uh, before her time and you're, it's like that whole like turnaround pillar assault thing. Like he was just not supposed to look back uh, and then he looked back that one time and now you're in hell again. Like yeah, you are now a- getting, he has to work his way back down that, that catabasis. He has to keep going back through the layers of the underworld to fight uh, the, the legions of almost literal hell. Yeah, you you make a great point of this, Mikey, where it's like, there are a lot of threads of mythology. None of them are like, if you try to grab hold of one of them, it won't carry you all the way through to the end of this movie. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. literal. It's no. just cool. Yeah, it is it's cool. It's so cool. It, yeah, it does, we, a, it does a good job of not just like, a lot of surface level action movies like, my bad guy's gonna name his gun something cool that's a reference to the to the underworld. And no. there's like no reason for it. At least John Wick understands the reasons for the things that it's using. It just yeah. does, it's not a one-to-one allegory for any of these things. Um, no, it carries want, its own mythology, but yeah. we can we can lay over it all mythology. Yeah. I mean, it, it is its own mythology and you can see that pattern through all the stories of the gods for and, sure. and mortals and heroes and uh, um, underworld and so forth. Something that was something that was pulled out of the film that was originally in the script was was John was a uh, John was a marine. Yeah. Originally. Um, we just don't need to know it. You don't need to yeah. know no. it. And I, it's it's better for the boogeyman to be a boogeyman and not be Yeah, like, I like that we don't know. I like that he's not a character before this movie begins. But you can see that, it carry through a lot of Keanu's uh, motivations here, particularly in this scene where it's like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, did your dog die? Well, the floor is also dirty. Could you clean the floor? <laughs> That's a very like Marine military thing. It's like, hey, whatever you're going this through, you have something to do right now. You're supposed to that's, be cleaning the floor. That's one of the greatest edits, I think, in film. And I'm I'm gonna go way hoity-toity here. Ooh. I am gonna compare it to Lawrence of Arabia Ooh. in that shot where he blows out the match. Yes. And then they're in the desert. When he's like, you think he's taking the moment to clean and greet. Nope. nope. Smash cut. 
Shovel. Like the second you're thinking about the dog, the shovel is in the dirt and you're just like, oh, because we, it terminates. It is yeah. incomplete. That um, shovel goes into your heart as it yeah. turns out. Grieving is now gunfire. Yeah. Yes. FYI, bye. <laughs> like, um, there's some, we inherently look for the rule of threes, right? We look for patterns and things. And something that I noticed rewatching this is there are two shots of John with Daisy. Uh, and you're expecting one more shot of him holding the dog. Yep. You're breathing in for one more shot of him holding the dog. Nope. And like you said, Mikey, no, we're moving on. No. And so it literally leaves you hanging there. There's also a great use of anamorphics in this scene, anamorphic lenses. There's a lot right. of like softness in corners of the frame and in foregrounds of the frame that makes it feel dizzy and woozy. And there's a lot of emotion in John's life that he can't deal with. So we're not allowed to see things as clearly as we can through the rest of the film, which I really liked. I confess, I thought we were going to talk about uh, Animorphs, the middle grade. Yeah. (laughs) Well, John turns into a hawk and forgets to turn back. And then he's trapped (laughs) as a hawk forever. And it's very sad. John Wick 4. Are you afraid of the dark ending? Yeah. um, (laughs) He was stuck in the pinball machine forever. Um, So we go back to the airfield. And now we understand why John was was waved into this airfield. Uh, There is a shop run by John motherfucking Leguizamo, the most underrated man in fucking Hollywood. He's MVP on this. He's so MVP, dude. So MVP as Aurelio. Aurelio, so good. Uh, Aurelio's shop, of course, blue green, blue mm. green. Uh, I love. I do love the uh, John goes. John's like, I have to take a bus, uh, so he <laughs> just puts a jacket on over his fucking blood shirt, blood shirt, and yeah. takes a bus because he's like, I got to take the bus. That's yeah. the other. That's the other thing about this movie. Like talking about this sort of every man count the bullet. It's like, well, I got to get to the got to get to the airfield somehow. Bus. Taking bus. Um, He's like a, see, that's the thing with like, sometimes we refer to the um, violence in this kind of movie as balletic, but, and it is in the sense that it's obviously choreographed that way for us and from the director, but for John, it's like, he's just woodworking. Like he's just, it's a task. He's a craftsman and he's performing. He has a tool. I mean, that's it. This is the stuff Keanu Reeves does for fun. Yeah. <laughs> like jujitsu and like weapons training. And like it shows because yeah. it's Keanu in every scene. Yeah. As you point out in your video, he could literally kill you. Like that's yeah. not a. Yeah. No, not a John. Joke. Not he John Wick. Keanu. Yeah. Will. He will kill you. Well, there's also like without. I. We don't know Keanu Reeves. We only. We only know what is public about Keanu Reeves, but we do, by what is public about Keanu Reeves, we do know that this idea of this man driven to just like, just to work all the time and continue to be the best at what he does because of grief is a very real thing to Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, the sad Keanu meme is kind of true. It's extremely He's like, he's John Wick meme is the same thing. You know, he lost, he, uh, when when did he lose his, his girlfriend? I think it was like around- I forget when, like 2002, something like that, or, or just, and just threw himself into, like lives in, lived in hotel rooms for a really long time and just went from movie to movie. And like, so you can see sort of similar to the way like Adam Driver always has a little bit of PTSD in everything he plays. Oh yeah. You can sort of see in Keanu Reeves, you're like, oh, Keanu understands a part of this. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. a very real way. Uh, so uh, John, John gets off the bus goes into and is like, hey, is my car here? Um, and I love the flashback of Aurelio just like, just number one, giving giving Yosef what he deserves. 
Yeah. And he punches him right in the fucking mouth. And yeah. You just love it. Because it's just like, no, dude, you have no idea what you've done. I can punch anyone now. I would yeah. rather punch anyone than get involved with yeah. this shit. You, you have uncorked yeah. a bottle. Uh, and, and and they're so literal about it. Like you killed John Wick's dog. Yeah. I want to be very specific <laughs> about these words, Joseph. Like, yeah. And, and I love the phone, the phone call where we first meet Vigo here where it's like, did you, did you hit my son? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And it was like, why'd you hit my son? Oh, okay. I see. All right. Good day then. <laughs> Good talk. The, Good talk. That's the, the, Oh honey call. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you hit my son? Oh honey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly like, I feel like my mom got probably got a couple of those calls in junior, in junior high where it's just right. like, Hey, why'd How you do that to you? my boy? Why'd you do that to my boy? Oh, cause my boy is an asshole. All right. Yeah. Yep. Well, sorry. See you okay. later. Well, then I'm a jerk too. Goodbye. (laughs) There's nothing I can do to make this right. Good day. I will diminish now and go into the West. Uh, (laughs) um, So yeah, we meet Vigo uh, and we meet uh, Dean Winters, who I also love as his assistant. Hey, dummy. Um, And then when Yosef comes in, um, just the brutalness with which Vigo treats Yosef here is wonderful. Um, And Dean Winters is like upset the whole time. Like, oh, stop. He just, he's not, he's queasy. Yes. About just the punching, just the punching of his own son. He's very sad about it. His first, re- his reaction to the first gut punch, he's in the background of the frame. Yeah. They do, they do a close up of him for a reaction on, on one of the other punches. But during the first punch, he's just in the background and you see him do this thing like, oh God. Yeah. And it, it's just like, it sells the scene so much to see him do that. Just like, oh God, why would you do that? Um, Baba Yaga is not the boogeyman, you guys. Yeah, I mean, what a, there is a, <laughs> it's fine. The whole movie's ruined. It's right? fine. The whole movie's ruined, but I'm just, it's I'm fine. just saying. It's not a big deal. Uh, but, what, but what I wanted to point out is um, somebody Words else was obviously bothered by that. And I don't know if y'all saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, but they do <laughs> this same thing. One of the guys is sitting in the background talking about Baba Yaga. It's like, it's one of the guys who works at the security company that Scott Lang runs. And he's talking about Baba Yaga, but he tells this exact same story, but with Baba Yaga as a witch. And when I <laughs> yeah. saw that, I was like, oh, somebody was annoyed by John Wick. Yeah. Baba Yaga and the flying mortal and pestle, uh, yeah. and, pestle <laughs> and the chicken legged hut. Yeah. Different Baba Yaga. Um, and so like, here is where, as they're talking about who John Wick is, we see the secret basement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the subtlest symbols in the whole movie, I think. <laughs> Definitely subtle. I Super didn't pick subtle. up, if either, if, if either of you guys, you're both, you're writers and I'm not a writer. Eh. Did either of you pick up on the subtext of this scene? Nope. That he's going back to the underworld? Mm. Nope. I didn't oh, oh. Mm. A, dis- a literal descent. That's good. That's good, Mikey. Um, he's, the, he's a demon. That's and good. At this point, he's like, turn it on. And he's yeah. like, well, let me just open up hell real quick. Yeah, that's what it is. Like yeah. an elevator it's to hell. hell box. Yeah. He's coming for you with this hell box. And then did she know? Did she know about the hell box? No. no. Probably not. But I that's believe like that to build a house without someone well, knowing. Actually, I, th- their trust is so implicit. Maybe because like I because I even imply in the video that like he at some point had to make a promise to her that I am out. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is the story of the person that made the I am out promise. Yeah. And then has to. Like, she might have known. Yeah. 
she might have known it. It might have been in a like. That's I, why I we need to meet cute more. If she did, I need to know why they met. Like, was it a a, a wacky kill <sighs> going wrong? Hey, everybody, right now, listen to me. Write your congressman. Yeah. Get get Johnny Hollywood on the phone. Whoever runs these things, and it's get the them all. Get all of your lawmakers and public servants and and fancy Hollywood types to promise that there will never be a John Wick prequel. Make them promise. <laughs> there will it's never Christian be anything Mingle more important. Too. Make them promise that it won't happen. Please, for the love of God, I don't want to see a twenty-something John Wick. Please, oh, God. You watch it's already greenlit. This shit's oh, already. Oh, it's happening. It's I'm sure made. it's happening. <gasps> <laughs> um, one one thing that I'm ter- like, I'm terrified of is we we haven't heard much about like the Continental, the John Wick TV series, and oh, they yeah. haven't said when it's set. And I'm just oh. terrified, terrified because they they like promise that John Wick will be in the show, yeah, and I'm just oh, like, God. oh, don't let it be like a young John Wick. Don't let this oh. happen in the past. Is the con- like a- John Wick and Fortnite is canon. Uh, excuse <laughs> oh, no. me, Mikey. No. John Wick and Fortnite is canon. He does the floss. The fucking John Wick flossing is canon. John Wick a- can floss better than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> he chooses not to. He, he made a promise to his wife. Stoically. That he, he kills people with the again. floss. <laughs> There's a comic though, right? There's a comic by Greg Pak. Yes, and he is flosses that, is it- in it. <laughs> no, but seriously, is that a prequel? I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I it know. is. I, I have not read the comic, and it's no no shade to Greg, who we have said many times on this series that we love. He's the king. We love Greg. We love Greg. It's just one of those things where it's like, do I want to read this? I'm yeah. making the decision whether I want there to be an expanded ex- an expanded canon to John Wick, and if I'm oh, in. A Wickiverse. A Wickiverse. Uh, by the way, the John Wick wiki is called the John Wick wiki and not the John Wiki, and I'm really fucking pissed about it. Yeah, that's that's worth your anger. Yeah, thank John you. John Wiki is it's the right Baba there. Yaga it's, thing. I'm not allowed to be angry about, but I'll tell you what, John Wiki, you fucked John up. Yeah. You fucked yeah. up. Um, so <laughs> so uh, here we get Vigo calling John, and what I love is this mix of the modern world and then this slightly Victorian Edwardian Art Baroque. Deco Baroque yeah. underground assassins world that we're about to dive into. Uh, John Wick's phone number is not in your phone. It's not in your computer. It's not in your Outlook. It's no. in a in a leather bound notebook, handwritten in an yeah. old timey safe. That's where you and keep John Wick's phone days. number. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this movie is just a, a hair's breadth from uh, suggesting there is actual magic. Involved. Yeah. Like yeah. you could like he whispers to the book and it it tells him the name. Like it's that it's that powerful. Listen, Fantastic Beasts and John Wick. Could be in the yeah. same world. They're neighbors. They're neighbors. Same design aesthetic. Uh, what I love about this, Vigo calls. Vigo knows this is a trope of this sort of of this sort of series, particularly the Eastern version of of this sort of series. Your your Sage and Suzuki, your John Woo stuff. Um, neither party is allowed to apologize or give any ground. No. Uh, but both parties know that by not apologizing or giving any ground, they are literally destroying themselves. They are committing to an ineluctable path. Vigo does yeah. not apologize on this phone call. No. He, but his eyes are very wide when he refuses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does say he's sorry to hear about John's wife. Yeah. Will not oh, nice. apologize. Calls it an unfortunate happenstance or something like that. I'm like, oh, Vigo, no. Yeah. And then you're like, Give us, now I know where the sun comes from. Like, yeah. We kind of know. We know. Uh, let us not resort to our basest instincts yeah. is the part that I wrote down. I'm just like, oh, Vigo, yeah. buddy. Vigo, baby, Vigo, buddy. Vigo. You've been a bad monkey. You've been a bad monkey, Vigo. Um, 
So uh, we're also seeing John unpack here and we see his gold doubloons. I love those. Love the doubloons. Uh, Weird assassin currency. Yeah, we're going to get more of the doubloons (laughs) in a second. The doubloons don't really, we don't really get much of a backstory for them until two. And even then it's not much. It's just more of like a shape. They're just currency. Yeah, and they're like not even worth anything. I don't think it was ever imagined to be. And I don't think it should be. I worry that they're going to, Try to care right. too much about that. I, have some I, and I don't care. I have some thoughts on the economy of these coins, but we'll get to that when we get to the continental. Yeah. Um, I bet if we pulled an economist in here to to analyze this world, they would say it doesn't hold up or make sense. What? 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 How dare you, that. sir? <laughs> sir, I want you to know that Chuck and I come from a Star War, and a in Star a Star War, War if something all, happens, it all it, makes sense. You can come up with a reason for it. Yeah, if you imagine novel. three novels, <laughs> three novels to explain yeah. what happened. Fucking um, refreshers, the refresher trilogy. Uh, I like you know send a, send a team after John Wick. How many? How many people? How many do you have? Uh, you know that's like a that's a Gary Oldman. Everyone. Yeah, moment. that's the like, most everyone. Yeah, that's the most action movie line I think this movie gets. Um, yeah. The stylizing of the subtitles is something I really love here, Mikey. You're somebody who really loves a good a good graphic and a good text pop up. Um, yeah. These, these they they do that like whisper away. Like it's like yeah. Like these these are words in the dark that that you need to pay attention to but they will go away and like just like John. Yep. You're going to see them but it's it's too, too late. late. Yeah. It's too late. And I also love that the uh, the emphasis. Emphasis on subtitles is fucking great. Mm. Uh it reminds me of Man on Fire a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah. I wish you had more time. Like, <laughs> and I love that the the font that they use to emphasize these subtitles with looks like an action movie poster logo. Yeah. Like when totally they say does. Boogeyman, you think you're looking at a poster for the movie Boogeyman. Yeah. And that's yeah, again why John Wick is such a miraculously bizarre title. Cause it's like action movie, John Wick. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like you say I, it like it's presented like you should know. And now you do. It's now like when that you've they seen it, it has earned itself. It's like when they remove the of Mars from John Carter and you're like, what is this movie about? Some guy? Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. John. Um, I, I was thinking last night that if there was ever a spinoff of John Wick, I very specifically would want it to be the horror movie of all of the characters. Because like John Wick is horror. Mm-hmm. And if, is you, yeah. if you shot that from the other side and they're like, oh man, I can't wait to get home and say hi to my... Yeah. It's like, an anthology series where yeah. it's it's everybody's last day on earth before yeah. John Wick comes. John Wick. <laughs> the apocalypse, and according to John Wick. Unexpected. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the unexpected. Yeah, it's the last shot of every episode. And you just know, you know John Wick is coming. Um, John Wick's tattoos in the shower. Yeah. I love yeah. John Wick's tattoos. Um, they are very often, if you go onto message boards and stuff, uh, poorly translated. Um, they think it's a Marine thing. They think it's fortune favors the bold. Um, that is a permutation of this. It's actually, um, it is only the strong ones that the goddess comes to save. Mm. Um, so it's not quite the same thing, but it's basically like, a literal hey. proverb about the goddess of fortune. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We love you, Mikey. Love you. If you- Sorry, I got to bounce because my world's all nutty today. But this was super fun. I love John Wick. I love both of you. This is great. We love you, man. Love Thanks you, for man. coming. Go check out all the, all the things on Film Joy. 
for sure. All of them. I love them. Movies with Mikey. Uh, movies with Mikey is good. I, I'm a big fan of Deep Dive. That's right, Deep Dive. I yeah. love a Deep Dive so much. Um, it's a show about finding reasons to love bad movies. Yep. And I'm all for that because half the movies I love are bad movies. Yeah, as um, we should. So John's uh, John's tattoo is basically the polar opposite. It's not fortune favors the bold. It's basically the polar opposite of the meek will inherit the earth. Interesting. And it, it's, a, it's a mythic resonance too. We're back to that, yeah. which I like. Yeah, I like that we're going back to, to Greek mythology. Um, there, there is some Christian iconography on his tattoos, but um, I don't think we are meant to believe that he is a redeemed or spiritual no. person. No, it's but there's a sacrificial component to Christianity too that maybe does work with him. Yeah, I the the cross particularly on his shoulder I don't think is meant to be Christian iconography as much as it is supposed to be um sort of a sort of a mob branding or a gang branding. Sure. It's it's sure. the sort of thing where it's like, "Hey, I have to have this cross cuz this is what I'm Probably does. Have. Someone someone made him have it. Yeah, so um but, but it works cuz he's a guy who's getting up and getting nailed to a cross. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then um, we get to really the first, the first fight scene, real of this and movie. arguably it's just it's the start of the the one fight scene in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it this, just kind of goes from here until the end. This is so nonstop, so yeah. nonstop. Um, I want to I want to point out here. There's a stylistic choice throughout the movie of John's wounds. And I noticed it in the shower, John's wounds from the initial beating, not healing. Um, yeah. And that is something that's kind of like, it's similar to John getting off the bus. There are a yeah. lot of moments in this movie and a lot of visual things that are meant to remind us that we are in John Wick's corner because particularly after this scene, John Wick is a monster. Yes. He's a, he's a goddamn monster. But we have to remember that we love this guy. Well, and there's other characters who love this guy. Aurelio. Mm -hmm. uh, well, what the hell's Willem Dafoe's character? I just Marcus. always think of him as Willem Dafoe. Marcus. Uh, and you've got uh, the cop who answers the door. Jimmy. I mean, you get to that. But Jimmy. Jimmy like, is like, they like John. They believe John is trustworthy. And he has earned their trust and they his. And there's this like kind of loyalty honor thing going on with him. Uh, and it's the it's his currency. Those are his gold coins as that loyalty and honor. And we kind of dig it. Yeah. Um, this scene here um, is just absolutely wild. <laughs> this fight scene- It is brutal. It's- Mechanical. It's clinical, brutal. right? Clinical, yeah. He's like, it's surgery, man. He's just taking up tumors. That's all he's doing. And that's that's the thing is like, whereas- in something like The Matrix or any other kind of action movie that we've seen Keanu in, even when he has superpowers, Keanu Reeves gets uh, gets beaten up a little bit for for being a little uh, understated in one note, quote unquote, yeah. in his in his uh, uh, his delivery, yeah, his, deli his, his, uh, his, his performance, everything is performances. Yeah. yeah, sure. He gets a little. Keanu Reeves gets a little beaten up by critics for for being a little one note in his performances and maybe a little a little too calm, but you really see it in John Wick. When yes. you compare John Wick to Thomas Anderson in the first Matrix. Oh yeah, totally different. Um, it's and the, the Matrix too. The performances in that, in terms of the choreography and the action scenes, you're looking at a literal dance. Whereas this is like 
he you could imagine he's just walking around a house hammering nails except yeah. it happens to be into dude's chests and head yeah he's like a, he's just hammering he's just hammering some nails yeah he's a re, he's a really great carpenter and yeah. so he does he's just doing some demo today whatever That's all that this whatever is. your hobby is that you do at home if you if you do beadwork if you knit if you do whatever yeah. it is that you do You're, automatically yeah but perfectly, that's what John Wick does, uh, and it's oh, what a great way! Like, by the way, if you if you're like you, if you do beadwork, you should call yourself the John Wick of beadwork. The John Wick of beadwork. Put that on your Etsy. Yeah. You can have Get that. Get that in there. Yeah, that's um, free. The reason this seems, or the reason this whole the reason this whole movie got made, and the reason this seems so natural, the director of this film was Keanu's stunt double and stunt coordinator. Yeah, they shared uh, directing credit. Yep, since basically. Uh, point break and they so they like really didn't they go around selling this to like how they believed in it so strongly yeah it, they were and, selling it around for a while and it was one of those things where it was like look keanu has worked with these people for literally three decades now and was like yeah okay yeah. let's do it let's make this movie yeah. uh yeah, but we they were first, first time directors um and you would expect them to bring uh great action scenes to the table but the fact that they were able to li- to deliver on this entire film was was very surprising for a lot of people. Yeah, um, I mean, because obviously you think, well, they're going to pull the stunts, fine. Yeah. But how do you? Are they going to be able to frame it? Are they going to be able to deliver that to us uh, in a way that's clear and engaging? And boy, holy shit, <laughs> this entire scene in this house is astonishingly uh, violent, methodical, elegant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he puts, you know, it's always that one in the chest or, or stomach, and then one in the head. It's like. It's like how I eat chicken wings. You got to like go in for the one bite and then yeah, you yeah, finish yeah. it off. Like a simple, it's just it, you know ruthless. When you, you know when you crack a crab leg and you and you do yeah. that clean crack and you're able to get all that crab meat out of there? That's, That's John, John Wick, Wick every time. You're, you're the John Wick of eating crabs. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and the, the way it's shot is not over the top either. Um, though the shot no. list is very, very particular. Um, I, I really do enjoy the one scene of there's a wall dividing the frame perfectly in the center. John oh, yeah. on one side and one of the mobsters yeah. on the other and they're shooting through and, the wall at each other. And he can tell where that guy is going to shoot and what he's going to do. And then it's that duck low fire up. They also do a great, uh, a great job of transitioning John from gun to hand to hand, just so we know. Yep. Just so we yep. know he can. He can. Uh, and then- just as we're starting to think John Wick is cool, we like John Wick, he is a badass, we get yeah. this scene with the knife. Yeah. Which is, oh no, John Wick is a monster, you're rooting for a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, He's really, really good at this. He's really, and, really good at this. And, and terrible. He's not a good dude. No. He's not a good, it doesn't matter if for the last three years, five years, whatever this is, he's been a good dude. Yeah. Mm-mm. This is a this yeah. is a bad man, and they do. Well, and that's why there's there's a question here, uh, you know, and we'll get to it by the end of it. But it's good to introduce it now, so we kind of think about it. Is like the idea of is this movie about his redemption or salvation, or is it really kind of the opposite? Like he had salvation and redemption, and he had it in his hands. He had a taste of it, and that is now gone from him. Mm-hmm. And there is no is there a way back? And that's what I'm curious if the films will get us there because by the end of this, I don't know that it's really about his redemption anymore. No. Um, it's, that, that's burned. That, that has a, a burned, effulgent, and bright. Uh, the bridge is on fire behind him, the bridge to heaven. Well, yeah, and I mean, even the, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about it more, but even his choice of dog at the end is very telling. Yeah, it's very telling, <laughs> um, yeah. But so yeah, we do this fight, and uh, 
that long, brutal struggle with the knife is just like, oh, please don't do it. And oh. then he does it. Uh, and, and then again. And then and again, again and again and again because you got to make sure you did it right. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the uh, the police siren or the police lights at the door. And this mm-hmm. is where we think, oh, good. You can't possibly get away with this. Obviously, yeah. now John is on the run from the law and like all this stuff that we think is going to happen. <laughs> you rube. You, of course it's fine. Of course it's fine. This is where we start seeing this this second glimpse into the assassin's underworld. Yeah. Um, and we will, uh, we will talk about what happens on that call or on that door, man, cold medicine. And we will see it's what good happens. Stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, and we will see what happens when John answers the door in the next episode. Uh, John wick, man, we're doing John wick. It. We're doing it. And we're back. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. I'm excited to be doing this movie. I, knew that I enjoyed this movie. I knew that I really loved this movie. And I was like, but I, ha- it, I haven't rewatched it over and over again as much as I've watched a lot of other movies I love. Yeah. Um, and I was like, mm, have, we, have we made a mistake? Can I truly love well, this movie as deeply as I love some other movies? And I'll tell you what. Yeah. I like this movie. Yeah. The thing is, it, it, uh, this movie shouldn't, shouldn't work. There is so much about this movie that on paper doesn't fly. Uh, the name is weird. Uh, it seems like a sort of a classic, obvious story. Oh, he's a guy, and he's got to go back to revenge the. Uh, okay, whatever. It's mostly just action. Like it's not like there's a ton of nuance going on in it. It's not like there's this like wealth of intense character richness going on. The world building is theoretically shallow. Yeah, and yet it doesn't matter because it's so compelling in its direction, in its character, and with the, the sort of pathos and gravitas that Keanu brings to the role. Um, and just those sort of like really spikes of character moment that you get with him um, are so crisp. That's really and, it. Uh, I, don't elegant. Think it's, I don't think it's a reinvention so much no. as it is. because the distillation, right? Yeah, I mean, because plot structure, event structure, all of this stuff, it doesn't deviate too much from the formula. It, no. This is strictly about execution and how well this is executed. Um, and I'm excited to get into the next two parts. Uh, yes. Thanks once again to Mikey Newman, who had to we love you, Mikey. duck out a little early. Please do go watch. We'll link his uh, his John Wick and John Wick 2 essays down below. Uh, they are really, really wonderful. Everything he does is worth a watch. It's good to be back in the saddle, buddy. Let's do it, man. Let's just ride this pony until it dies. Uh, what can't you beat? A dead horse. Um, a dead horse. <laughs> but we're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, hey, if you'd like to talk to us about John Wick or suggest some future guests or things you'd like to hear us talk about, uh, you can do so on Twitter. It's a terrible place. We're there. Uh, Nightmare I'm, Realm. I'm A. Carboni. I am at Chuck Wendig. And Mikey is at Mikey Newman. That's uh, N-E-U-M-A-N-N. And uh, you can also email us at the uh, no longer relevant email address of Grandmaster <laughs> at ragnatalk.com. It's fine. That show's over. We're done with that show. Fuck that, fuck that show. That life's, that life's over. We're out of that That's life. Like, yeah, we're out of that life. Oh, God, it's pulling us back in. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week with more John Wick. Thanks so much, Chuck. I love you, buddy. I love you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.